Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I am joined with Miss Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And the moment you've all been waiting for, the one, the only, back like he never left, better than before, David Marvin. Oh, <laughs> guess who's back? David, oh, are you glowing? back again. <laughs> he Man, is I'm, glowing. I'm glowing, and you did that intro so well. I'm so proud. My Thank time you. here is done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I, I wish all of us got a two-month vacation, because like, the way you look right now... <laughs> The way you look right now is great, man. He's been sipping it, pina coladas on the uh, beach or what? In, in Mexico. Like, <laughs> like, where have you been, man? Uh, but for real, that's what we're kind of talking about today. You're back on Views from the Porch. You are um, going to be kicking off our next series, which we're so excited to let you guys know about. That's coming soon, mm. uh, next Tuesday night. But in the meantime, David, we just want to hear from you how your time was today. And today, we're going to be talking about the idea of being a human doing versus a human being, Mm. simply being uh, a human and all that entails. And so for David, those just now catching up, those that are like, what do you mean David's back? Or even the people are like, who's David? The people that are like, oh, I've skipped every episode Uh since he left until now. Thank God he's back. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) back. You're finally like turning it up. You've been waiting for this day. He's back, (laughs) y'all. So sorry to put up with me and Laura. Um, But what... What would you, or go ahead and just inform people on kind of what we're talking about, where have you been, what's been going on? Yeah, so a couple months ago, I um, basically pulled out of almost all of my responsibilities with mm-hmm. teaching and, and just took some time after a crazy season to focus on working through um, resting, focus on just caring for my team. I mean, 2020 was uh, it was a hard year for everybody, but it, for whatever reason, there were different things that were added to my plate that just took away margin mm-hmm. um, around here. And so was able to pull back and to rest and to spend time with the Lord and spend more time with family and have not a sabbatical because we don't really call sabbaticals that around here, but a version of that. Mm-hmm. And also to focus on caring for team and um, and just really rest. And dude, it is great. I bet. <laughs> it, I <laughs> I uh, I feel bad because, you know, I, I know as I say that everyone, you guys have done such a good job and I'm so encouraged, so proud of just the way that you continue to take God's word and cover issues that young adults need to hear about, want to hear about, and just how to help them survive and thrive to use our, our intro. But um, there's a reason why God all throughout the, the, I'm going through the Old Testament right now, and he hammers Sabbath, Sabbath, mm-hmm. Sabbath. Like when you read it again, have y'all read through Old well, Testament? Well, just really recently? fast, explain what a Sabbath is. So Sabbath is... Um, Ultimately, we're told in Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, it points to God. But when God created the earth, he created it in six days. On the seventh day, God rested. And he said, I want all of my people to rest on the seventh day. So Israel was commanded by God, one of the Ten Commandments, top ten rules. You're going to take a day off. I want you to rest. And the point was not just that you would rest, but that you would run at a rhythm that reminds you, you are dependent on me to provide. You're not going to work yourself. In other words, they, I always like to point out, they slept like 12 hours a day. There's no electricity. Mm-hmm. They go to bed whenever the sun goes down and you get tired. And then they would wake up and, and you were getting enough rest. It wasn't just about rest. So that was a part of it. It was also, I want you to not max out your life and miss out on the truth that ultimately I'm the one who provides for you. 
you're dependent on me. So every week I want you to have, and you know, um, practicing Jews today still do that where they turn off technology, they turn off um, any sort of working devices and they pull away for the reminder that we are dependent on God to provide. We can stop and he's still got the whole thing in his hands. So in some ways, that was what I got to experience this past couple months and it really was just a good rest. Here's one thing that I, I, I realized. You can stop. This is kind of relevant, you know, but hey man, I'm back. I'm just talking. <laughs> you do you. You can stop for like a week and go on vacation and it's really not as restful when you come back because you just have a week of emails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you go on two months, mm-hmm. it's like uh, you just kind of go select all delete emails because <laughs> right. it's like, I'm not going to cover like, oh, sorry, nine weeks ago you asked for this. No, I don't have it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, just people stop asking and, and it kind of slows down and it also gives you a chance to catch your breath. And I think for me, without even realizing it, for the past two years, so I've been on staff 12 years here, at least the past couple years, I was running at a pace that in terms of job, time, work hours was just unsustainable. And, um, and then especially in COVID, because a lot of people slow down in COVID. Mm-hmm. And y- you and I, <laughs> all of us, were there together. It wasn't any like slow down. Uh, it was like whoosh, overdrive and awesome stuff. But a lot of times out of the awesome opportunity that you have that, oh man, we can reach more people than ever and put more digital stuff on there. You can allow something that's a good thing to take you away from the main thing and that is just running at a sustainable pace, knowing that ultimately God is in control. He touches ministries. He doesn't touch ministries. So I feel like one of the things that I've learned in stepping away, and uh, I'm trying to trying to weave this back because um, I feel like there's so many lessons that God has just been really good. But one of them has been the reminder that, man, God, he doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need any of us. He allows us to be a part of what he's doing in the world and gives us the privilege to serve him, but he doesn't need any of us. There's not a man on the planet. You think of John Piper and Sir Francis Chan and Sir, your favorite person out there. God doesn't need any of them. They're just, at the end of the day, mouthpieces, signs that point to the ultimate one who matters, and that includes me. And, um, and in some ways, stepping away from the porch and stepping away from the weekly kind of grind allowed me to not just know that because I knew it, but believe it and see it and be reminded of it. And that's really freeing. That's a really like a liberating thing to be like, man, God's got this. And, um, and he's going to do what he's going to do. And it's just not dependent on me. And, uh, you know, my success or my life doesn't have to live for the approval of other people. Like um, I talked this past weekend with some of our leaders and we were talking about the, uh, the show, uh, what's it called? The Voice. You, you got to watch The Voice. I love The Voice. Do you? I do. Oh, that doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> you should go on The Voice. <laughs> JD, JD's got some... One day, we're going to do some harmonies in here. It's going to oh, be great. Yeah. Laura Honestly, and JD. I don't mean... I would not Laura and JD have got some pipes. But um, on The Voice, the most awkward moments are like, oh, heart gripping is when somebody's... You know, they're pretty good, but they just, for whatever reason, like Blake doesn't hit it, Shakira doesn't hit it. Usher doesn't hit it. Adam Levine doesn't hit it. I don't mm-hmm. know who else is on there. They don't hit it. And you're just kind of like, ah. Oh. And you can see the look on their face because yeah. this moment, they were so exciting and they didn't get the acceptance and the approval that they wanted. And I think a lot of times in life we go through and we are living 
hoping we make up these judges in our mind or we allow the coworkers we work with, our parents at home, the boyfriend, our friend group, whatever, they're these judges that we're constantly living for, constantly approving, constantly wanting their acceptance, constantly overthinking like, did I say that in too weird of a way and they don't accept me? Or constantly thinking, I wonder if my boss actually likes me. Or constantly thinking, oh man, those guys, the reason that they didn't talk to me is they don't think I'm attractive. We're constantly looking for made up judges to hit the button and tell us, man, you're accepted, you're approved. And the truth of the Bible is, Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we've been totally accepted, not blindly by Blake Shelton, but openly, honestly, and clearly by the ultimate judge, the one who loves us, gave his life for us, says you are fully accepted. You don't have to live for that anymore. You're free to just live for me and to love people and to care for people. And maybe they think the wrong thing about you. They may. That's okay. Maybe they don't like you. They may not. That's okay. That at the end of the day, you don't have to live and I don't have to live for what other people think. And there's a real freedom that um, goes back to identity, which is something we talked about when I I basically hit a pause. But um, that's one of, I feel like, a thousand different things that I've been learning. But if I was going to hammer home that human doing versus human being, just being reminded that at the end of the day, who I am has nothing to do with my ultimate worth and value with what I accomplish, what I do, my status and relationship, the number of kids that I have, whether or not my kids like abandon the faith someday or how good, quote unquote, people think of me as a parent. It comes from the fact that I'm made in the image of God, that I am, I am's. Boom. And the Old Testament in Exodus, Moses shows up and he's like, who are you? Who do you say that you are? And God responds in a really interesting way. When Moses, y'all remember this story? Yeah, Exodus goes, three or four. Yeah, burning bush, sitting there, Moses, and God shows up to him in a burning bush, which I was explaining to my son. And uh, there's so many things that it's crazy to try to explain to a five-year-old. Say, yeah, it's on fire, but it's not really burning and it's there. And, um, and God, uh, Moses says, well, who should I tell them that you are? I'm going to go back to Egypt and I'm going to set your people free. Who should I tell them sent me? And he says, I am. That God, you can't sum him up. He's too great to be defined by the third word adjectives that so many of us live. Or, hey, I am David. Or I'm nice. Or I'm great. Or I am um, smart. Or I am not smart. Or I'm attractive. Or I'm ugly. Or any of the different things that we insert there. God is so much greater and bigger and beyond any of that stuff. He defines existence himself. And he just says, I am. And at the end of the day, because I've been made in the image of God and because I have a relationship with Jesus, man, I am, I am. That's the most significant thing about me. My worth will never change based on what I do. And that allows me to rest and be a human being versus a human constantly and constantly doing and, um, yeah, that's really good, David. I know you have so much gold that you've just been sitting on, like not <laughs> <It's> <laughs> gold <laughs> nuggets, just, man. Just so much gold. <laughs> yeah. We were actually. That's so funny that you said that. JD and I were literally just talking like ten minutes ago about Luke twelve and how ironic it is that after he says, um, "Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees," and don't fear men, and then it goes straight into God cares about you. And it's like, whoa, why on earth were those two back to back? And it's like, I think sometimes we forget straight up. I'm secure. God cares about me. He sees about, he sees me. And therefore I don't have to go around rallying, jockeying for position, trying to get all these other people to give me attaboys every single day. Yeah. Yeah. You already have it. It's like, um, man, this is something I think we talked about, but, um, I was talking with somebody about, of, um, you know, when we think about God and his perspective on us, like if we really believe the Bible is true, like when we read his word, we see it through the lens of like a father that I love you, I care about you, I'm so crazy about it, I delight you in you. And um, man, I approve of you. And I uh, I just could not be more excited that you are my child. And 
as we were talking this weekend at, at an event we were at, I was sharing that sometimes because we live in a text age, we read text, we read emails, and you can read into them because they can be clunky. Like totally. you get an email and you're like, wait, it said, hey, I thought you were going to have this in. Oh my gosh, they're really upset that I didn't have this in, yeah. but I did. And then I respond with, I did have it in. And then the person on the other end is like, wow, I must have really offended them by asking, <laughs> yeah. did you not turn that thing in? And it can just be such a recipe or a landfill. Worse is in texting and in dating where you're reading into punctuation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, totally. You're reading into... No exclamation point on the uh-huh. end of that. Oh, I feel so called out right now. You're just now. going like a period. Or I feel like I have to put an exclamation point to make sure them like, like yay. Totally, but are not you, too much. Yeah. Are you coming to lunch? And if they just say yes, you're like, gosh, I didn't even know why I wanted to. I mean, you don't have to come to lunch. Uh, and But if they say yes, exclamation point, it's like, oh, yeah, they're so excited. I guess they are totally. looking forward to the lunch that we have. And we can just read into all these different things. And um, when I was talking with a friend on like email, email can be a terrible one for me because I'll, I'll both, <laughs> both them dyslexic and use Siri and I'll, <laughs> I'll communicate something. And, um, and if, and vice versa with my boss, like he, he has the, kind of the same problem. And, um, and I can be tempted to go like reading into something versus if, I know the person on the other end of this line or who's ever writing this, if I just picture them, man, I'm smiling at you and they've told you, hey, when I when you read this, I want you to picture me smiling on the other end of that email, smiling on the other end of that text, just so excited looking at you of like, man, I just am so It's a little creepy, you. but other than that. It is that. a little creepy, <laughs> but in the same way, it changes the way you interpret it. And yeah, I think when totally. we read scripture, because God has given us his approval in Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there is no condemnation. He's a new creation. And um, the old is gone. I just merged Romans 1 and 2 Corinthians yeah. 5, 17. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because of that, I read scripture and I can read it through that I have the approval of the greatest judge out there. I don't have to wait for it. He didn't do it blindly. He did it knowingly. And I have been accepted. And when I read it, even reading the Bible, I go, oh man, this is all coming from a God. Even the, even the harsh instructions or do this comes from a God who's sitting there smiling like, I love you. Mm-hmm. And do this or don't. It's not going to change our love, but it will change how you experience um, life and you experience, because I love you, the instructions that I want you to be following to lead to life. Yeah. And so. That's really That's good. good. I, you know, just thinking about 2020 and what you said, it's it's crazy. You know, people look to the porch a lot of times because we are giving a lot of direction from God's word on behalf of what we believe God would want for his people. People often come to us with questions, with um, help, the need for help with um, in, in their wondering or in their struggles. And so 2020 was a lot of questions. It was a lot of need. And they were looking to the porch ultimately to be helped on how to look to the Lord. Um, and I think a lot of times when you can, that can put a weight on you as the director of that ministry, that these are your sheep that God has been given you as the shepherd uh, to fly, uh, that's your flock that you have to protect and lead. And there's no manual. Like you went to seminary, right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Did, did they did they train you how to run the porch during a global pandemic? No, they. Did. I missed that class. If they, they had. Okay, okay. I didn't think so. And I don't think anyone was trained. Yeah. And that's the point. Totally. And so everyone was. It was so hard not to be reactionary. You know, so many things in life we can be proactive and get out ahead of things. But I mean. We, we something was happening. It seemed like every single week, and that can take a toll on a person. And so, first, I just want to say on behalf of young adults all over the world, like, thank you for persevering. But not only do we respect your perseverance to lead us, we respect your ability to say, "And now I need to take a season away." 
and I need to go get well because that took a lot out of me. And so you can come back and continue to do what God has called you to do. And that is such a healthy mark of a healthy leader that I think a lot of people would rather push through and say, no, 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 I can, I can continue to keep going, keep going, keep going. And there's so much humility and, and health and, and a lot of respect for a leader who's willing to say, you know what, I need to take a season and get well because I'm not well. And so to translate that over to other people's seasons, if there's someone right now that's coming out of 2020 and it still feels like, you know, they have to continue to do, um, what would you convince me that I need to take a season of rest? Yeah. Like, why Why do I need to stop what I'm doing and be still, um, especially when I see so much fruit coming out of what I'm doing Yeah, and I don't want to stop? Yeah. Uh, you know, the answer would be different depending on the situation of that person. Right. One question, as you were saying, I was thinking of like, hey, convince me that you need to keep doing everything that you're doing. Mm, that's good. Like, why? Like, what, what are you... Um, because so often we can fill every moment in our schedule. We can fill... And a lot of it, I would just challenge you to ask, like, why? Well, some of it's because I don't like to be alone because then uh, I have to deal with my own insecurities or I feel like I'm a loser if I actually go pause or break away for a Sunday and I reflect or spend time just praying and journaling. Or I have to continue to just load up my plate and it may be because you find your identity and all that you're su- succeeding in or accomplishing or trying to succeed or what you hope to someday be at in your job or your opportunity or, um, you know, have to be on nine different dating apps because if you were honest, like you're really not okay with being single. You're really not okay with trusting that God has someone or that God has said, man, I, you can trust me with those things. So you do, 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 do as much as you can because at some level, if you were honest, you don't actually believe God's going to provide for you, that you can trust him with your life, not just tomorrow and your eternal life, but every moment of the day. And so I think, I don't know what rhythms that the people, here's who's listening to this podcast. Somebody's playing video games right now and they like need to do more in life because they mm-hmm. don't have a job and they're living off of unemployment checks and they're like, no, I don't really care. Yep. Then the person who's a watermark member and they're nine days a, a week, which is impossible, <laughs> yeah. but they virtually they find a way. packed every moment that they have and they are running at an unsustainable pace and they're not stopping to Sabbath, both daily by breaking away, spending time in prayer, weekly by pulling back and being intentional to carve out an afternoon, an hour, something that's going to refill and give you life and focus you that God provides. And then annually, so daily, weekly, annually, where they're pulling back and just having like a retreat or some time where they're extended pausing by themselves. And if yeah, you, that's good. if you and I, I think the reason to bring it all full circle, God even says, let the land rest. Like he just hammers this idea. He says, every six years, let the land rest for an entire year. The seventh year, don't put anything on that field. That would have been mind-blowing. It's still mind-blowing today. Yeah, farmers still do that today. Farmers still do it today. Yeah, I went to a farm in Kentucky and they were, I was looking, I was like, this isn't like a very good farm. And they're like, oh, it's the seventh year we're letting it rest. Yes. So they can produce more harvest next year. Totally. And I, that blows my mind. I'm like, that's one of those things that you read in the Bible. And I'm like, they got... Farmers today are got this from somewhere. And it's like back in the Bible, God was like, do not do anything for a year. And which meant two things. One, you had to stock up on year six to get you through mm-hmm. your that that empty year and like and trust God more. But then two, to have a more plentiful harvest for the return, one through six. And then the it's just crazy because on the seventh day, God rested. 
it's just like there's so many parallels there. So many that parallels. We should probably do a whole we should probably do a whole episode on Sabbath. Totally. That's coming to you live. But I think I think more than anything, because it, it looks different to New Testament believers, like taking a Sunday and what does that look like and practically. I think I would just be asking the question, like, what is driving me to an unhealthy place where I'm just I'm constantly anxious? Like if you're if you feel anxiety right now in life, there's probably a way in which your heart is not Sabbathing or resting in the Lord and trusting in his plan and trusting his promise. So I don't know what uh, application you need to take away, but any arena of your life where you find yourself really concerned about what other people think or really fearful of what the future may hold or really um, distracted by maybe this relationship is not going to work. There's some way in which your heart is not resting that, man, God, he's got this. It may fall apart. We may not get married, but that's okay. Whatever the situation is, and I'm going to rest in that. Mm-hmm. So let's let's wrap up. This is really good stuff. Um, so that person who decides, I want to hear from you personally, and then how you would broaden that to a wider spectrum. Like when you took these two months of of pulling away that annual kind of rest, um, what did you do practically to like abide with God to be a human being? Like what did that look like? In because that takes time to like you said that it's the one thing to be off for two days. It's nothing off for two weeks and then two months. Like. It takes time to convince yourself that you're, I don't have to do, I don't have to do, you know, to get out of that rhythm, especially fast-paced America. Um, totally. So once you get to that place, what would you encourage people? What did it look like for you? Like, how did you spend time with the Lord and were in a really restorative way? And then how would you encourage people to spend that time wisely? Yeah. At some level, it's the answer we would always give. It just allowed me to have consistent time spending in God's Word. Um, I've been going through Bible recap, which I'm like such a fan of. It's been so rich. And and uh, so both a daily, and then we were intentional to take multiple trips. I think we did three different trips where I know not everyone can, but you may be, uh, you know, you may have friends in Austin, you can just stay in their back house or you could break away to go see your family for a weekend and you're not going to see any friends. You're just going to spend intentional time with the Lord, reading different resources or Christian. So there were different, a number of different Christian books that I have for so long read stuff that I'm teaching. And that was just, it ministered to me to just be like, man, I just want to continue to um, to read and read from God's word and read from other godly men. Uh, nothing I'm going to teach. I'm just going to apply this and spend extra time with my family and more time praying with my kids and more time just slowing down and resting in addition to reading God's word. And there's just something different when you're able to pull away, spend more time journaling, reflecting. And, um, and I think... When you run at the fast American pace, you can lose that practical app. So practically, I think knowing, hey, here's my plan, not my check the box plan, because that can be even more stressful. Like I wake up at 6 to 10, read to 6.30, and then I'm going to go through this and I'm going to journal for five minutes. But here's practically what I'm going to do. And today, I may just, I may not make it through the entire reading plan. I may pick it up, you know, more tomorrow. I'm just going to camp on this verse and say, God, teach me what you would have me. How do I apply what you were teaching the nation of Israel? You were teaching Joshua, just because that's been where I've been camping out. And, um, and walk through that. So I think intentional, like what's, what's the plan that you're going to have to rest? Just like you wouldn't work out if you exercise, you're not going to do legs every single day. You've got to let your legs rest. Um, in the same way, you've got to be intentional and to say, I'm going to at a soul level walk and be resting in God. So spending daily time with him, pulling away weekly and figuring out like what stirs your affections for God. Prioritize that. Maybe it's going to cost you money. It may be worth that investment. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna break away and spend to go on a trip because it's gonna give me life and it's gonna cost me 500 bucks and that's a that's a hit. But I'm gonna invest in that because I know that it's going to help me be more at a soul level rested in the Lord. 
So not everyone gets to take two months, but I, I don't think you need to. I think if you're intentional to say, I'm not gonna max out, I don't have to do everything. I may miss out on some events or some things that people are doing, but I'm gonna live for the audience of one whose approval I've already received and I'm going to rest in him. That's really good. It's really good. I think this is really necessary. I, I did like a simple little poll on my Instagram last weekend and 64% of people answered, I need rest really badly. Mm. And so it's, the, I think this is well-timed and grateful for y'all. Grateful to be back with you, David. This is really fun. Hey man. Yeah. So good fun. to have you back. Just, just a recap. And if you find yourself like really examine your life and your heart right now, if you find yourself in a state of believing that God would not still be for you and want you, if you were not doing things for him, Stop doing things for him and see how much he will still be there for you. That's right. Like see how much he will still show up and that he just simply wants you to come and be with him and he will be there for you as well. So spend some time making rhythms of rest and being a human being, not a human doing. So that's all we have, David. Hey, it is so I'm good so to have I'm so proud back. of you guys, man. You killed it, dude. God is yeah. providing such Were you listening? People. This is the truth moment. Were you listening to us? Um, Very. <laughs> good. You've arrested. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, you right. right. So, man, as always, if you guys have any questions for David or just anything that we said more specifically, you can email us at info at live. And until then, we'll see you on another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.